Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, 936, Tori Van Oot from Axios. Tori, uh, thank you so much. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. It's so fun, and I this is part of it, too, that I miss the days of having the young kids for Christmas because yeah. the, the magic that kids have during this time of year is... Uh, there was a lot of it, yeah. It's just so much fun because they, they, they enjoy this holiday so much. And it's, it's, you can live vicariously through your kids. I hope you had that kind of situation. We did, though. I love that your listeners scavenger hunt idea. I'm in Vermont, and uh, it's a little, we just also don't have snow here. It's a little drizzly and cold, and we have a, well, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, but we also have a four-year-old and a two-year-old cousin here, oh, yeah. and the scavenger hunt would have been a great idea to burn off some of that energy from all this sugar, <laughs> but I'll tell you, Adam, my son must have been good because he asked Santa for a big fire truck and a small steamroller, and Somehow, Santa Santa came <laughs> came through. Nice. Santa came through. Santa came through for everybody with what they wanted. Excellent. So, so no, so, you you guys you guys don't have snow in Vermont either. No snow in Vermont either. It's been a mild winter out here too. There's a lot of rain actually, uh, and no, there's been really no snow all all season so far. So I don't think it'll be a very good uh, ski season at least to start. But yeah, it feels like it feels like spring actually almost yeah um, it, it was bizarre here too it was raining all day yesterday yeah. and 50 degrees it just uh, 50 yeah. would have been great but the rain is kind of with the rain yeah we've had the same here yeah, yeah but uh, what well, can you do family yeah, it's worth it that's right thank you so much for joining us even though you're still in vermont and i thought we'd use this opportunity today to just kind of recap some of the bigger stories uh, the, of the legislature this year and what comes to mind for me i guess is you know with, when we, we had democrats in control and they really made good on a lot of the promises that they ran on uh, the previous year and getting their their wish list taken care of. That's exactly right, Adam. I think that is um, not. There's no dispute that that's the biggest political story in Minnesota of the year. Uh, that Democrats won the trifecta last year, of course, and they came in, like you said, with a wish list of about 30 uh, priorities, policies that Democrats wanted to get done. They had a 17 billion dollar plus surplus, and they got them all done, right? We talked a lot about these this year, the gun control, abortion rights, paid family leave, um, the free school meals for all, uh, safe, uh, sick time off. That's one that takes effect in uh, just on January 1st. In addition to paid family leave, all workers will be able to accrue sick days to take care of themselves or a loved one on a shorter term basis, you know, just the flu or whatever. Um, marijuana legalization. You know, that was a big story that shaped the year. And so, uh, the rebate checks, you know, we've talked about a lot of these um, over this past year. And, you know, that was really the story of 2024 in state politics. Uh, sorry, 2023, I'm already getting ahead <laughs> of myself. And in 2024, the story of 2024 will be um, the execution of those policies, right? Once you can pass all of these things, that sounds great. But how do you actually implement them? How do they affect people's lives? Uh, and do they, you know, affect the economy, all of these other things? And then what voters decide, yeah. right? Next year in 2024, yeah. the 
trifecta will be on the ballot. Yes, it will. Uh, Voters will decide whether to send their state house members back one half of the legislative uh, chamber. And so uh, that'll be the real test. You know, they, they, they've made a gamble. Uh, Democrats believe that they had a transformational session, that they did things that will improve and transform Minnesota and people's lives for the better. Republicans say, yeah, you transformed it, but potentially with consequences mm-hmm. and for the worse. And you could have given more of the surplus back in the form of tax cuts um, and not have some of the sales tax increases and other things that we've talked about. And so um, we know what they've done based on this year and where it goes from here. We'll find out in the year ahead. And that's it. And we, we uh, as you were talking, we got a texter on the text line about, could mm-hmm. you ask Tory where Minnesota taxpayers can see where the $17 billion surplus went? And that's something, Lord, you can't mm-hmm. really get a straight answer. I mean, you get, a, you, you get the predictable answer from who you ask, but did all that money really get spent? And if, uh, uh, or is there any left? There's a little bit left. We just had the forecast, right? And so there is a, a much smaller surplus than there is heading into next year, uh, you know, based on how the uh, revenues are coming in and what things are costing or not costing. But as we talked about earlier this month, um, we're looking at a structural imbalance or deficit, depending on who you ask, in the out years um, as some levels of state spending, including education and health and human services, are, are going to go up faster than what we think uh, revenues will be. So they did spend the surplus down. Um, Democrats say they a lot of it was one-time money. Remember, a big chunk of that surplus, the big record surplus we had was essentially a carryover balance because the year before, in 2022, when there was divided government, they couldn't agree on how to spend it in the supplemental budget. Yeah. So some of it was money that's not going to continue. So, you know, they spent it on all sorts of things. They spent it, there was, um, you know, parts of the past parts of the bonding bill, there was uh, front-loading things like paid family leave. Uh, there was a rebate check, right? A lot of Minnesotans got those rebate checks this fall. Um, so they did spend it down. And that is also something that, you know, they're going to have yep. to address or navigate in the year ahead because there are some Democrats in the majority that want to continue to do things that are going to cost money. There are a lot of... Um, entities, interest groups out there across Minnesota that want money from the legislature, including the University of Minnesota, including people who want um, more child care subsidies for families and, and, and that sort of thing. And so they have a lot less money to spend uh, going forward if they're going to be fiscally cautious, right? And that's what we heard from the top state budget officials earlier this month when they did that economic forecast, the projections. The top state budget officials said lawmakers are going to have to be really thoughtful in the year ahead because they may end up in a deficit if they spend down the existing surplus, a little more than $2 billion. Uh, so uh, that's the situation they've been in. And of course, as we know, the state's economy can change pretty quickly, uh, the economic outlook. So big swings in the global and national economy. We could end up having more money at our disposal. We could end up having less money at our disposal, but that's where things stand. Uh, but yes, the surplus, uh, the surplus was largely spent. Yeah. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did uh you mentioned the marijuana that was a big you know piece of legislation that yep. passed legalizing recreational marijuana that's all in good but you know we talked to um, one of the people of the one of the owners of uh nothing but hemp about some of the struggles they've had with mm-hmm. the oversight so far and the, <laughs> we had the uh, debacle of that Governor Walls appointing uh, um, state marijuana, you know, commissioner that her run lasted, did, was it even a day before she resigned? Uh, there's a lot of questions moving forward about the regulations and who's going to oversee this. And um, again, I think that plays into Republicans' hands saying, look, they weren't ready to do this. Yeah, that's a really good example of when we say, you know, Democrats passed a lot of things they had run on, promised to pass think they had wanted to do and how it actually gets implemented it's going to be a real test and you know i think shape voters and the public's views of it of course marijuana the way they did it marijuana possession and consumption is legal uh, has been since august but we don't have the dispensaries yet and the regulatory oversight the licenses the rule a lot of the rules all of that still need to be drafted and of course yes Governor Walz's first pick for this really high-profile job overseeing with that was did not work out. You know, as you said, she uh, withdrew almost immediately after being announced when questions about her own business and business practices came up. And the governor has still not uh, picked somebody to be her replacement, to step into that role. So that's one thing we're going to watch, like who will come in and be kind of the cannabis star here yeah. and and lead um lead this agency and, you know, how the licenses work out. We've already had some questions come up about which types of businesses in state versus out of state get certain economic benefits and and incentives from local economic development agencies. We've had questions that have come up around, it turned out that the law, uh, there's a lot of um, impacts of the law that came up after it was passed. It was a huge bill. And so, we talked about this fall or late summer. I think you'll remember the um, the law actually allowed people to smoke almost anywhere outside. And so a lot of cities have since taken action to say, no, actually, you can't smoke, you know, on a public sidewalk or you can't smoke marijuana in a public park near someone else or near a playground or, or whatnot. Um, so uh, I think a playground under the Clean Air Act might have been uh, exempt before, but They've had to do a lot of already tweaks to this. And as you mentioned, from the hemp standpoint, those low-dose edibles, uh, the hemp-derived edibles, have already been legal since 2022, uh, and there's still a lot of issues there. Yeah. Uh, we just had a story before I left about, I think it was almost 40% of retailers of businesses selling those low-dose edibles that had been inspected by the state since they started doing these inspections in August had illegal products, like products that were above the legal limit. Uh, there's been issues. MinPost had a great story about a question that's come up about if a, if a business is selling what they claim is hemp-derived, you know, flour, kind of like smokable yeah. 
marijuana, but they say it's made out of hemp and they say it's under the limit. Well, actually, the agency that has the power to, to regulate the edibles doesn't have the power to inspect the flower, the plant. So uh, there's a whole um, hole there, right, a gap there where some businesses could be selling marijuana. Right. We just don't know because nobody has the power yet to look at it. So that is going to be a big issue next session, too. They're going to have – they've already talked about they're going to have to do a cleanup bill. And even the the advocates of legal marijuana really want to tighten some of these things and close some of this because they want to – it's really important for them that a a system with, like, where the good actors, uh, safe products that consumers can trust and so – uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of tweaking to do uh, from the legislature this year and, and the rulemaking process to make sure that can happen. Uh, next week, when we talk to you, we can talk about new laws that take effect in the new yeah. year. But you mentioned uh, for folks that want it, I didn't know these were so popular. But the blackout mm-hmm. license plates, the black license plates, uh, those uh, yes, <laughs> there was a request to get those, and apparently uh, in the new year you'll be able to get just the black Minnesota plate. I had no idea that these were so popular, but they've been incredibly popular. Folks have probably seen them in Iowa, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think Colorado has them, too. And they're just like the really basic black background with the white lettering. They look kind of old-fashioned or, or vintage. And I think in Iowa, they ordered like a half a million of them when they when they people did pretty soon after they, they launched. Um, but these are going to be available come January. And so January 1st online, January 2nd at the registrar's office. And there's no limit on how many they'll do. So if you want one of these, uh, get in line. And based on what we see from our website analytics, a lot of people want them. Yeah. <laughs> this, this was a story that rivaled the state flag, oh, which we, really, Adam, I <laughs> guess I messed up at the top of our call because the state flag was undoubtedly the biggest oh, story of the right. year. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this is kind of a fun example of the ways in which the legislature's actions and the governor's actions impact our lives in little ways, right? I think there's also some new place coming for um, I think Vikings fans, mm-hmm. uh, some pro sports teams, place to recognize or honor uh, missing and mur- murdered Indigenous relatives. Uh, so we have some more customization options for for license plates. Now they will cost a little bit more. There's the added special plate fees. Uh, so if you're willing to splurge, maybe if Santa brought you some Christmas money, you can save it. Save it a week and get one of those blackout plates. We're doing uh, the during this final week of uh, 2023. We're doing like a best of uh, personal experiences. Today we're doing uh, concerts. Did you um, go to a concert uh, this year that uh, you, that stands out to you? Adam, I am so uncool. What? I don't think I went to any concerts this year. How, how how is this? I don't even know. I I never go to concerts, and I wish I had. I had so much FOMO when everyone was going to Taylor Swift, and when everyone was going to. Beyonce, and so I actually I'm going to make one of my resolutions for next year to go, go to a concert. Gotta go and to I'm a concert. I'm thinking about um, Vermonter Noah Kahan. Uh, I don't know if it's yes. his last name right, but the Stick Season. He's playing Excel, I think, in maybe May or June, um, and he's from where I am right now. And it does look like Stick Season here right now, and so uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll spend my Christmas money on tickets. There you they're go. Expensive. Stick concerts yes. are expensive. They're so expensive. Days. They're really. Uh, yeah, I looked at the Taylor Swift for next year since I missed it this year in Toronto, and it was like 
thousands of dollars, I think, to go to Taylor Swift. I have daycare bills, Adam. (laughs) I know. It's like, uh, it's so, it's hard (laughs) to justify. That's right. It's hard to justify, but yeah, I love it. Yeah, you got to get to some shows next week or next year. So I know, uh, I know, I will, I will. All right, Tori, thank you so much for joining us, even though you're still on vacation. So we really appreciate it. Safe travels. Oh, no, happy to be here. We'll talk next week. Bye. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.